Hello and welcome back to the Perth to Paisley podcast, episode number 124. Hart made it a continued slump in form as they lost 2-1 to Kilmarnock at Rugby Park at the weekend. But we've got a lot of other things to talk about as well. It's probably going to be a more chatty episode. As ever, I am Daniel and I'm joined by Adam. Adam, how you doing? <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, hunky-dory, mate. How are you? <laughs> Doing do very well. Uh, we all know what this episode's going to be like. So, I mean, why, why ask the question if you don't answer? Well, it's going to be an interesting episode, one hundred percent. But we do sadly have to start uh, with a thing that is much more important than anything we're going to speak about today, and puts everything in perspective. Uh, when we've been away, the Hearts fan base really sadly lost a uh, young fifteen-year-old Andrew McKinnon. Um, an incredibly sad time if you've been on Hearts social media in any capacity I'm sure you've seen all the memories and tributes to him his um, funeral car drove past Tincastle uh, a few days ago and just we want to extend as a podcast our thoughts to Andrew's friends family at the game this weekend at St Mirren I believe there will be a minute's applause uh, on the 15th minute for Andrew so if anybody going please do partake in that Uh, his family will be there so as a podcast, our thoughts go out to him and his family. Uh, in slightly happier news, this is an interesting episode for us, as personally as a, a podcast, because whilst we've been away, we actually, on Saturday, hit the milestone of 100,000 total listeners to this show, which I was saying to Adam beforehand, I, I noticed it was the way the world works, me and Adam decided to make this podcast, it was Adam's suggestion, as me and him drove back from Rugby Park after Hearts women played Kilmarnock women, and we just kind of thought, we're driving back, let's do this, see what happens. Uh, I will come to Adam in a minute, I can assume he's like me and didn't think we would ever be saying that sentence, that 100,000 people have listened to us, and listen, we absolutely know that there's other podcasts that do that in a month, a year, all this kind of pattern. But for two people who just thought, we'll do this, 10 people will listen in total. Uh, the support we receive is insane. The opportunities it's given us is incredible. And a massive thank you to everyone who listens, whether it be one episode or every episode. And I'm assuming, Adam, you share the same thoughts. Yeah, it, it is baffling considering that I was just chucking out Hart's thoughts on some website that I created and it was total nonsense and now here we are as you say 120 odd episodes deep um, and we've managed to I think we've managed to show kind of the, the bipolar nature of this football club the the incredible highs the devastating lows and and everything else scattered in between so yeah thank you very much for uh, for your support folks it's not gone uh, not gone unnoticed and speaking of the crushing lows, well, that's where <laughs> the positivity of this episode is probably going to end oh. as, yeah, hearts travel through to the location of the Perth to Beasley Podcast Foundation, Rugby Park, as we went to play Kilmarnock, a team that who are really good against us when we play at home, and we have mixed results away from home, and this was very much one of those mixed results, putting it nicely. Uh, however, the big talking point was... The shape changed after weeks and weeks and weeks of playing a 3-5-2. Nielsen did ring in the changes and the biggest one was the change of shape. So, Hearts lined up in a 4-3-3 with Xander Clark and goals, a back four of Stephen Kingsley, Kai Rolls, Toby Sibick and Michael Smith, a midfield three of George Grant, Robert Snodgrass and Arestes Kiyomotsoglu with a front three of Josh Nelly on the right, Alan Forrest on the left and Lawrence Shankland in the number nine. The kind of big aspects of it was that James Hill was dropped after his Aberdeen performance. Barry Mackay was dropped after his season. Alex Cochran was dropped after his Aberdeen performance. And it's just, it's so interesting to go back and looking at the tweets, seeing the team come out and the optimism and the happiness. But what did you make of the lineup when you saw it? <laughs> talking about the optimism there the optimism that then lasted until about ten past three and then just gradually faded away um, I was astonished first and foremost I was very pleased to see James Hill dropped surprised he dropped Cochrane 
but I did think it was warranted given his Protodri performance. I know we're both uh, big Alex Cochran fans, but I, I, I thought that he might. You seem pretty adamant that Cochran would start. Did you not? Yeah, I, th- I, I thought. No, I thought that uh, Cochran was almost. I thought, oh well, uh, he had a very bad performance in Protodri. Let him kind of rebound back, but no, Nielsen was like, nah. And and I'm astonished, most of all, that Barry Mackay was somehow dropped. Yeah. I think uh, what speaks volumes about this team selection, mate, is the fact that we see... And again, I've spoken about this numerous times. I don't want to bore folk, but I hate the numerical order in which Hart put the team out. So then you're doing the, the mental maths in your head and you're scrambling, you're trying to work it out. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, he's actually... Is this... No, it, it can't... No, there's no way there's a back four. And I was working out, is it a back four? Is it a four-two-three-one? Is it a four-three-three? I couldn't believe what what was transpiring. It was it was remarkable, um, and that, that proved the case as we started the match. <laughs> well, this is the thing. So, just as a heads up, everybody, Hearts TV didn't do a highlights package for this, and was <laughs> I fuck rewatching the full ninety for this show? So, this. My sportsy. Give sportsy watch, though. I did, but even that was like Terrible. two minutes. It was nothing. Shocking program. So, the there I have five notes. Three of them are goals. One of them's an injury. One of them's a red card. As they say, it's more of a discussion-based episode. But it's starting in the best possible way. Seven minutes in, Keo does very well to hold on to the ball in the middle of the park. Who passes to Smith? Smith then plays an errant pass to the killer left back, who then plays an errant pass back to his own defence, which is intercepted by Lawrence Shankland. Shankland has Gino as an option. And he's on the edge of the box, but he just does what a striker always does, and it can work out sometimes, but it definitely worked out this time, as Shankland connects with it perfectly into the far corner. Seven minutes in, it's 1-0. We'd had a very positive seven minutes as well. It was looking... We were both there on the opposite ends of the stand. It was going great! I was thinking, what the hell happened? Like, the last time I was there, it was uh, Nathaniel Atkinson wonder goal that saved our bacon. I was thinking, oh my God, we've actually taken the lead here. Uh, check my pulse. No, uh, what a goal. What an yeah. unbelievable strike it is. From nothing, really. Um, that's where the positivity really ends. Well, honest to God, I, c- I couldn't believe it. I-, I actually was somewhat encouraged by the start, I think. I thought they had a chance early on, if my memory serves, but again, not worth the highlights back because I can't bring myself to do it given the nature of the goals. Um, but, yeah, we actually made an attack count, which was great. Mm-hmm. And it's just that... It, I mean, the irony that I was thinking of was everybody's been clamouring for Shanklin to get back into the box <laughs> and he scores with a worldie from outside the box. Um <laughs> But on the right-hand side of all places as well. So, yeah, he and Gino just chopping and changing. Don't know if it's New York or New Year. Um, but, yeah, what, what a wonderful start. And I thought that, you know, it would go from, from strength to strength. But it didn't appear that way. It definitely didn't. But I want to try and cling on to the positivity for as long as we possibly you can. Well. You did so, very well. Because I was I going to want... <laughs> talk after that. <laughs> it's fine. I've got it. I was literally horse ass on Sunday morning. I got up from work. I was like, I'm so depressed. And then I was trying to listen to my voice, and it just was there was stuff trying to come out, and it just wasn't happening. I want to speak about the shape because up until the next point I'm going to speak about, I thought it was evident how much more comfortable everybody was in that first twenty minutes. You could tell that, and again, it's I want to speak about Civic kind of through this. I want Civic to be the the character we take as we go through this game. Interesting. Civic was criticised a lot of the time for in a back two, much like Halkett was for a period of time as well. And you were like, oh God, the one worry about going to a back two is will Civic kind of start to fall off a wee bit. But it's the story of the season really alongside Shankland that Civic just now is a really good centre half where he felt natural in it. Rolls clearly was more comfortable as part of a two. Smith was having a tough time in terms of when he was being ran at by Jones, but you could tell Smith was more comfortable taking the ball forward. Kingsley was doing the exact same. And Civic twice in the opening kind of 15 minutes played this 
ping of a ball to Janelli that was just, I mean two lovely balls because we were right behind yeah. them as well and you could see it and I know I've seen some people say Civic should be playing in the middle of the park because that's where he played when he was yeah. younger and he's got that passing range on him that he can just do and that and that bit of athleticism as well that I feel like we certainly yeah. don't have at the minute you know when we look at the two currently in there alongside George Grant Robert Snodgrass is 105 and Keogh's I mean I've seen milk turn quicker so it would be interesting to see when we don't have Devlin like we didn't have yes it would be interesting to see him there and maybe a back two of Rolls and Kingsley with Cochrane at left and you've still got Benny to come back into the equation as yeah, well yeah 100%, so, 100% so it, it, like there should be options in that yeah definitely and again Shankland was far more central and up front at Forrest he, did, he had a tough time but there was a, a number of times in the first half where he just got the ball down and ran and I was like we've missed that as well I like, feel really sorry for Alan Forrest you know same so do I I really do like I, I see I see some fans criticise and say that he's pushed send him back to Livy I'm just like he's not had a fair run at all at mm. all Yeah. I, I think he and Ginelli should give opposing fullbacks problems most weeks in the Scottish Premiership yeah and then you've got more space hopefully in the middle to work it I don't know whether going two up might be an issue whether we could we, we could perhaps go to that and sort of have one box to box and one sitting midfielder or just a box to box and somebody to just get in and around the final third I don't know I, but the, but the four three three, like I was happy with it uh, yeah. To start, I thought it was actually it was it was looking good. Right. Oh, well, I tried. I tried. That's <laughs> I'm the positivity. I'm oh, sorry. Like right. I, again, I, like where, where where do you start? Do we just do we just talk through the yeah. match action? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say because again, here's where start. I'm trying to be as positive as I can here, and this is really tough. <laughs> I don't know how you do this on a weekly basis. We'll start with the equaliser. Because 22 minutes in, with their first vague chance... Really annoying. First vague chance, Liam Donnelly picks up the ball on the edge of the box and hits a speculative effort. It's not... He's not trying to find a corner, he's just trying to hit it in the direction of the goal. straight, Alexander Clark. Yeah, absolutely. No one's shutting him down. Grant stands off him completely. Shock horror. Goes into Clark, and I've seen it back, and... There's more movement on the ball than I thought. Not enough for it not to be a massive mistake. But I think Clark thinks it's coming straight at him. And he thinks it's going to move. So goes to move. It hits his chest. Rebounds forward. Vassell is doing what any good penalty box striker should be doing. Attacking the rebound. He gets to it first. And Clark brings him down. I don't know about you. As I say, you were there. Yeah, the penalty was then scored by Danny Armstrong. I don't know about you, I was like, that's a definite penalty. It's an absolute stonewaller. I know it went to VR for a possible offside. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know that. I wasn't looking at Vassell. But in terms of the contact that Clark made on Vassell, I was like, this is definitely a pen. Yeah, I, again, perhaps watching it through Maroon Tidy Specs, I thought, I, I actually didn't see much in it. And then it's only when I've watched the highlights back that I'm like, yeah, he catches him clear as day. Yeah. And it's a definite definite spot kick. And it's so infuriating. Because it was you, their first chance. As you rightly say, it's the first time that they come forward. And you're like, oh. I was just thinking, how how annoying is that? Yeah. But I know that we hadn't, we hadn't set the header alight by any manner or means, but at least we've got something to cling on to and we were defending very comfortably like our defence had no issues really again it's like you could go through that back four and it's like I don't know I just again the two centre halves I'm not going to go in on I don't think the defence are much at fault for either goal no I think Clark's at fault for both goals but I I just watched Stephen Kingsley and Michael Smith on Saturday and I thought to myself those two are just a shadow of their former selves yeah that's fair Smith in particular I think for me I think Smith improved in the second half he did but Jordan Jones has like the last few years of his career have gone spiralled like it was ever since that Rangers move really he was he'd earned that being shit hot at Kill first spell 
got his move to Rangers has since been at Sunderland Wigan yeah. like a, a, a couple other clubs I think St Mirren St Mirren and you just like I thought there was a player in there but I mean Michael Smith made him look like Ronaldinho on that left yeah. flank and it just it kills me I, I got talking to somebody in the crowd about this because Hearts were so set in their ways to sign Callum Patterson in January mm-hmm. and didn't identify anybody else there was no backup no which to me is criminal because that has been our weakest area all season yeah definitely by by some stretch and again like I then think to myself well in the summer you know there's been Nicky Devlin mentioned who I would certainly take on a free transfer from Livingston I think that's an absolute no brainer Callum Patterson's again out of contract so do you go in for both use Patterson as a kind of squad player to fill in here there and everywhere and have Devlin start at right back or do you start with Patterson at right back you know if Robbie's so, if Robbie's so insistent on a 3-4-3 three, three, Callum Patterson's perfect on the right hand side Yeah. but my annoyance is that there was nobody else that could take that mantle given he got back in the Wednesday team and they were on a bit of a run yeah why is a recruitment team not identifying another backup why is Savage why? not turning to Nielsen going oh by the way we, we're, not, we're probably not going to get Patterson I've got this guy for you. It's so, similar. It's so uncharacteristic of Joe Savage and whoever else is doing this, MacIver. Because I heard Joe Savage speak to this is my story, and he was, I, I can remember it clear as day. He was saying, "This if this player wants however much, they'll be told no, and we'll go in for somebody else." Yeah. It seemed like he has an array of options in each particular area. Yet, in this one instance, that's not the case, and yeah. I, I want to know why because. I mean, Stevie Wonder could see that we've been needing a right back or a right wing back for, you know, months. And I'll say, listen, I'm still a big fan of Smith, and I'm probably more of a fan of Smith still than a lot of people. I think, especially at home, against most teams in this league, Smith will be fine. I I agree with you there. But, again, like, I think this is But he can't be our starting right back for a season. No. Like, it's sentiment here that we're clinging on to. I love Michael Smith. You love Michael Smith. Most Hearts fans love Michael Smith. We're all desperate to see him lift a trophy. He probably won't get that chance now. It's time to move on. And But I think, though, he will be thinking the same thing. I think he'll have... What is he, 34 now? Yeah. I think he'll have thought, at the start of the season, right, I'll get maybe 15 games where we're playing especially with Europe and all that sorry I think that was reflected in the contract that he signed as well where it was triggered by the appearances wasn't it yeah absolutely I think he was like right listen I'm 34 and I've got a bad back I'm dwindling down yeah they've signed this youngster youngster this 22 year old who's the one for the future right he'll be playing most games I'll fill in against your Ross Counties at home your whoever at home but instead Atkinson's been a complete failure of a signing so Smith has had to then go oh right okay I'm, I'm having to fill in week in week game. out at 34 yeah. and again like with the shape that Robbie wants to play the 3-4-3 fullbacks it's, the wingbacks so do a heck of a lot of a work yeah. exactly yeah. they're providing the width and if you've yeah. got a 34 year old play week in week out I mean even I can see that that's not going to bode well yeah. well speaking about Oh, sorry, and, and Kingsley on the other flank as well. Yeah. I don't think I'm letting yeah. him off. What yeah. the hell's happened to him, man? What is going I, on? I don't know. Like, I don't know again, Cochrane, in a 3 4 3, Cochrane's the man. Kingsley should be alright in a flat back four. Saturday again, I'm watching him. Like, just My issue with Kingsley on Saturday wasn't, wasn't his defending. I was like, that's for Kingsley defending. No, because I can't I remember them getting the better of us. No. Right, I mean Armstrong was playing on the right hand side. You'd forget he was even playing, bar yeah. the penalty that he scored. Yeah, with all due respect. But the problem was, was that Kingsley was the most ineffectual going forward. Yes, out of out I of agree. all of them. Fully agree and with it, that. And you noticed it as soon as he got subbed. Cochrane had a he had a very shaky opening five ten minutes when he came on. He got done a couple <laughs> of times. I'm not being funny. Being thrown on in that environment. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what do you expect him to do? But then Cochrane really came. Cochrane was the, the one driving us yeah. forward once again. Um, speaking about replacements, I think this moment, more than anything, is what will is the reason we won't finish third. 
because in the 34th minute Xander Clark takes a goal kick and kicks it straight out of play and you're like oh that's a bit weird is that the one on the right hand side looking for Gino yep yeah I can still visualise it that's how how angry it was (laughs) how bad it was that's a bit strange and then he just sits down to the ground and drives his hamstring and in that moment I went this is that's it third's gone that's it it's done I, I think it doesn't ma- that's maybe I mean, why I'm a bit more not as invested or involved in the Nielsen in or out chat because I think it now is a relic Pep could come in for the final <laughs> eight games of the season and absolutely no disrespect to Ross Stewart he's evidently a lovely guy he had that game against Celtic where it's like he, he proved a lot of people wrong despite conceding two yeah, it's absolutely not of that caliber. But you cannot. Th- the worry is we've got two derbies to play, we've got Aberdeen to play, we've got St Mirren this weekend to play. Potentially he's Livingston or whoever else in the other. Yeah, like oh god, he's our keeper going into the most important time of the season. I ju- and again, that's imagine I don't what want the old firm like, will do against him. Holy smoke! Well, it was quite good against Celtic. Well, Maybe he's just really good against the old firm. But well, he's I'm busy. He's brilliant. Yeah, I've seen this still of Clark. I cannot believe. I know this might not be an actual. You can say the metal studs. What is he doing wearing right. metal studs? I know, I know. And then and then you get these bans online that say, "Oh, it's a goalkeeper thing," or "Oh, it should be expected." I'm sorry, with a club that has notoriously as poor an injury <laughs> record as we do, who sanctioned that? Who who approved that and thought that was a good idea? I love the idea that he snuck them in. Like, he's been given blades. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, aye, fine. Hey, Astros. Hey, yeah. down to Sports Direct, get a couple of sawn decos, and just let me do my thing. <laughs> Honest to God. Who so, is that? But who's that coming from? Like, nobody, nobody has shouldered this responsibility. I know okay. it's a tiny, tiny little issue, but ultimately, Clark is at fault for both goals. Who approved that? Is it Paul Gallagher? Is it Robbie? Is it Lee McCulloch? It's is it Gordon not. Forrest? Is it Xander himself? I don't know. I think it'll be Xander choosing to wear them. Why? I don't know. Um, but we are sat here on the 4th, Tuesday the 4th, and today Barry Anderson interviewed Ross Stewart and the club, the kind of... The story coming out from the club is that they're waiting as long as possible to confirm Xander if he'll be in or out this weekend. We played a closed doors friendly the day at Rickerton and Xander didn't, Xander wasn't there at all. That's encouraging. And they're, because they're like, no, we're not risking you at all, just don't do anything. And they're hoping, because I think, but I think it's actually for longer than that. I think it might be, right, Stuart plays this weekend and gives Xander two weeks, basically. Jesus. And allow him to oh do that. Oh my god! Imagine being so, thrown back in at Easter Road to play in goal. I would pat my pants. Well, I, can I just he, say though, like in mixed reports, mixed signals again from those that claim to be ITK. You get folk that say that he's out for the season. Folk yeah. that say he's going to be all right for the weekend. I'm like, yeah, there are differences. In if I, if I hear it from the if I hear it from the duck's mouth himself, I'll go with that. Thanks yeah. very much for wasting my time. Well. He was up for, he had it was easily the worst half for Xander Clark in the jersey. Just talking about the second goal now. Horrific. Well, that's what I was about to do. Oh my god! Sorry, I've seen Hearts concede many goals, many shit goals at that. This could to, this could well top the lot in mes- in recent memory. I'm trying to think of other terrible goals that we've conceded, but this could well be it. Not even terrible goals. I think if you said to somebody who wasn't at the game, but that we conceded, and you went, guess how we conceded? They would go, <laughs> a cross into the box that isn't challenged for. So... And of course, it had to be. It yeah, had to yeah, be him, didn't it? Yeah. So, Jordan Jones and Danny Armstrong have the ball. They're playing a wee couple of one-twos on the far side. Armstrong swings it in. Clark goes to punch it, but... And I think everyone is giving him this benefit of the doubt. He's hurt, so can't get out as quickly as he, as he normally could. And as a result, just flies in midair 
simultaneously taken out Rolls, so Rolls <laughs> can't do anything as he's underneath him. The ball bounces off Christian Dodge's knee to get his first he goal. He knows for nothing Kamanek. about it. No, and with basically the last kick of the ball in the half. I think it it's is. I think killing. it's only his second goal, but it's his first in a in a good few months. Oh, apologies, apologies. But again, like <laughs> it's so predictable. It's not even funny. I honestly thought to myself, I thought if anybody's going to score, it's going to be Joe Wright, given that we had him on I trial. Thought, oh, that was the, the tra- Joe Wright at the very start. He swung in a free kick to the back yes, post, and that's he, right. he missed that's right. Joe Wright or Ash Taylor or I don't know some other jobber, but <laughs> Christian Dodge. Christian Dodge, man. 2023, and it's Christian Dodge. <laughs> 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 this club are going to be the death of me. So, that brings it to the end of the first half. You're thinking, right. For me, the big takeaway was this. After the penalty goes in, this side have been rightly, throughout a large part of the season, being praised for their mental stability and steel. <laughs> There's been so many games, Motherwell at home, Livingston at home, St Johnston at home, where we've had things go against us like red cards or dodgy goals, OG goals, or <laughs> you just you just reminded me of that uh, Graham Carey goal at Tynecastle. Yeah, yes, same. I've just remembered that as well. Or we we need something in the last second like Livingston. Or again, last last trip to Rugby Park, Kyle Laffrey. What is it with us? Because yeah. shit goals at Rugby Park, but. This team has shown a lot of mental steel throughout the season and they've been rightly praised for it. They are therefore rightly criticised when the last few games, Motherwell away, Aberdeen away, Kelly away. I don't think it's any coincidence they're all away from home. None whatsoever. The last three away games, excluding Celtic Park, because that's a different beast altogether. That's a separate thing. But those three games, we've went behind and it's just like, oh, that's it? Or we've not even went behind, we've conceded because we didn't go behind with the equaliser. And it's like, the midfield three, the system is what I hope he sticks with. I hope he doesn't go, oh, it didn't work properly against Kelly, let's go back to the 3-5-2. No. Personnel within the system. Yeah. That's the thing. Devlin was obviously missing because of his head knocking for Australia. I am under no... friendly. I mean, Jesus. I am under no false illusions that I believe... Devon would have started that game if he was fit. I think yeah, that energy. Yeah, in the I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. What would you say at Keo's expense? He's Probably, not dropping yeah. Snodgrass, is he? Well, this is this is what we need to speak about. <laughs> so, Grant two days beforehand came out in an interview and was speaking about the general mood in the camp and stuff like that. And then he was asked about his own game time, and he said, "Yes, I'm very frustrated with my lack of game time, but I understand you just keep going. I hope to take my opportunity." Me and you in the last few weeks have been saying Grant has been kind of one of our better midfielders when he's come on in his cameo appearances. Thought he was shocking on Saturday, mind you. That game, it's like, well, that's your chance. That's yeah. it. You've been put in from the start with bodies around you. And listen, I, I understand you, you and countless others are drinking in the last chance saloon here. I understand people's frustrations with Keo in that game. I felt a wee bit bad for him because I actually thought for the first half an hour he was pretty solid. There was a Keo chant at one point because yeah, he was. won like th- yeah. hey, he won like three challenges in a row and did that kind of like yes thing. But then the final fifteen minutes of Keo's half was some of the most disastrous fifteen minutes I've ever seen for something. So I'm like, for fuck's sake, Keo. Right, but Grant, and we'll speak about Snowgrass later on. I think Grant was the weakest of those three. And that, what you meant to... To be honest, mate, it probably speaks volumes that Keogh was the strongest of said three. Yeah, and I feel like this might just be a bubble on social media and what I saw. You just said it. Like, he was hung out to dry at various points within that game. Yeah, I think Keogh got the most amount of criticism as well. Which I feel... I'm not saying he's an amazing player in like that. Amount of criticism. I was going to say that's maybe a bit of a stretch, given <laughs> there's been a fair amount of criticism going out left, right, and centre from, from the midfield but, three. I don't know. I feel like Snodgrass has shouldered a lot of that blame now. Well, right. Let's speak about Snodgrass now yeah. because there's only one thing we'll speak about in the second half. Well, fuck it. We'll mention it now. In the second half, the only thing that happened to note, 
ironically involved Grant because Rory McKenzie goes in for a challenge on Grant that at the time I didn't really notice anything wrong with it because I wasn't properly paying attention I was just kind of like okay that's a challenge and they went out for a throw and we didn't even get a foot and I was kind of like oh what happened but I could see I was like because I was on that side so Grant was in front of me and I was like he's clearly in some discomfort as he jarred something whatever and then we hear through the tunnel like VR's checking for a red card and then goes over and a reason when the ref I can't remember who the ref was when the ref goes over it's a reasonably quick he he looks at three you and Anderson no maybe that does ring a bell aye He, he only looks at it a couple of times then goes and gives the red it's not until I get back home and I put sports scene on listen you especially in this podcast very quick to criticise VAR at times but you simultaneously then have to support it that's a perfect use of VAR where it's like that would have been missed normally it wasn't even given as a foul in the game oh, okay. yeah yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, shocking I, 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 yeah you've perfectly summed it up but for once my frustration isn't at VAR it's at hearts after VAR yeah, yeah. VAR has given us a lifeline here <laughs> and we've yeah. pissed it away we did. You 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 said it earlier on. You perfectly said it. Not at one point in that game did I feel as soon as Hearts conceded that they would go on and grab a second goal. Yeah. As soon as Kelly equalised from the pen, this might just be me, my own personal feeling, my own personal anger, frustration, depression. There was only ever one team that would go on and win that game, and it's not us. Yeah. I think that's that's how I felt as well. Um, for the, how, the how can that be, McIver? How can I, that be? Because it's some laugh. That's that's why it's, it's just a it's laugh. Not, but it's not. It is, but it's not. <laughs> um, for the remaining half an hour, we didn't. Kelly ended up having more shots than us. In that, that is an embarrassment. That <laughs> that start is a disgrace. And this is where I want to go back to Toby Civic. <laughs> as he is the narrator of this game. There was a moment in the 75th minute where Civic picks the ball <coughs> and I wasn't aware of it at the game, but when you see the highlights back, you see Civic shout, for fuck's sake, someday move. Because he's holding the ball on the halfway line and he has rolls to his side, but then there's just no one. And when we've got a man advantage... How is that acceptable? And I feel so bad for Civic because, again, you see the reaction online, everyone's furious, and once again, which seems to be a common theme, it was, that was awful, fucking terrible. Eh, Shanklin and Civic were really good, fair play to them. And then everyone moves on. Like, Shanklin, and it's justified. Both of yeah, them yeah. are consistently performing, which is even more incredible that Civic is, considering we're getting beat every time. Civic was at fault for Aberdeen goals, absolutely. But generally, Civic's playing well still. I was going to say this is a this is sort of the perfect symbolisation of where the squad's currently at. Toby Civic previously was, I don't want to say an outsider, but he was on the fringes. Mm-hmm. Confidence was low. He wasn't getting his game. He was asked to come in when arguably our best centre half was unavailable and yeah. asked to do a job. Over time, Toby Civic has turned into one of our best performers this season. Probably one of. One of our bright lights, if you will. Yeah. For him to have gone from zero to hero and be barking out orders, what does that say about the rest of the squad and where they're currently at? How have we fallen from such a level that a player that was deemed not good enough to start is all of a sudden the one that's barking out orders? Thank you for using that phrase. uh, I want to come back to that in a minute. But I want to tie this in with Snodgrass as well, mate. That's what I was going to do! That's literally what I was going to do! That man is played in the Premier League. He scored a hat-trick for Scotland, which is a remarkable accomplishment. I, a young man making his second Kilmarnock start got the better of a bloke that's twice his age in the middle of the park. So... How can this be a thing? There's a moment that perfectly sums it up. If you are a Hearts TV subscriber or if you listened to the game or watched it internationally with Hearts TV commentary, it was Laurie and Rob Borthwick. I think I heard about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Was it a Robert uh, to Robert scenario? 
It was a Robert to yes. Robert scenario. <laughs> I did know this. I think Robin Laurie are excellent in commentary together. I think very they work good. so well. Um, they they bounce off each other really well, and they're very. A lot of club TVs, I think, can be too biased. Hundred percent, they're honest and as impartial as can yeah, be. Yeah, absolutely. And they very often don't allow themselves to get dragged into kind of just being a fan. They're they're very good at their jobs. But I really respect that Rob just he couldn't do it for one moment. We're right at the end. <laughs> it was up to you. Know, what, and it's yeah, just, he was furious. <laughs> he was clearly absolutely furious, fully justified. Where right at the very end, we got a free kick. Snodgrass swings in a terrible ball. First of all, it's easily claimed uh, in the command and goal. It's then thrown out. It ends up by I can't remember exactly how, but it ends up back at Snodgrass's feet, and he he just falls over under the lightest bit of pressure. And of course, the referee doesn't give it, and Rob loses it. He just shouts, "Of course you're not going to get that, Robert. Of course you're not." And then Kelly run forward and it end up. Run down the court and we don't win. We have previously spoken about the fact when it came out a few weeks ago that it was like, should we give Snodgrass a new deal? What do we do? There's, there was, the fan base was a wee bit divided on that. I'm going to say the Twitter fan base is very united now <laughs> where it's just, it can't be given a new deal. Because if you've now been found out by every team in the division... If you're doing it against Celtic and Rangers and Hibs and Aberdeen who are having resurgences, it's like, fine, fair play, they're just good good teams. But when you're playing against bottom of the league and they mark you out a game so you're completely ineffective, when you finally... Because the, the adage everybody was always saying, it was like, all right, yeah, but we need to change the shape to get runners around and bodies around Snodgrass and then I'll fix it. Well, he had two in beside him. I know they didn't have great games, but still, he still had that. And he was still marked to the game. And you were saying barking out orders about Civic. What really frustrated me was Snodgrass, right at the end of the first half, Keogh was fed a terrible pass by Snodgrass and it went under Keogh's foot. So Keogh lost it and Keogh had a chance. And the fans are shouting. And Snodgrass is turning and screaming at Keogh. And in fairness to him, Keogh turns and screams back at him because it's, why were you giving me the ball in the first place? He's often speaking about accountability. Nielsen spoke about it in his press uh, after the game, stuff like that. It's very easy to be shouting at people and telling them what to do when we're doing well and stuff like that because it's like, yeah, Luke is an experienced head. But it's like, see, when you're also shit, that must just get infuriating as a player when it's like, well, you're also contributing to us being terrible, but no one's shouting at you. No, I, I, I thought of exactly that. I was like, Stephen Naismith came in, raised the level, his barking was justified. Mm-hmm. Robert Snodgrass's performance had been barking, so there's yeah. no way that it is justified when he's the one grilling orders. And again, like, it started so well. It looked like yeah. such a coup. It was like, he just came in, changed the game, you know, his set-piece delivery was shit-hot. I thought, on a free transfer, one-year deal, I thought that was a steal. And now it's just like, but it just it's I, just I think, been it, found I think out. it was Paisley. I, I think yeah, it was. It was. A, it was a mirror game. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It was it was done a job on, and ever since then, and it, ironically, he gets the assist or he scores. He, he scores fair cross. Yeah, right? I was thinking he got the assist, but yeah, it goes all the way through. Baffling, right? Absolutely baffling. We've spoken about players. Spoken oh, about fans. God. Oh, <laughs> right. God. We of course have to acknowledge it. So, Robbie Nielsen after the game. Speak, we've always made it clear you care about what managers say oh, more than I, I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nielsen after it is a lot more. I don't know if blunt's the right word, but he's, he's a lot more forceful <laughs> where he's just like, there's no point in talking. Haven't seen him that aggressive since Aloe away. Yeah, exactly, and you were right up there with it. He he very much was just like, there's no point saying we're going to do this and that if we don't end up actually doing it. And I I didn't hear it if this was immediately after the game, but I've seen today that 
He's oh. apologised to fan base, the fan base that travelled. You and me, Adam. He apologised to you and me who travelled for the oh, game. <laughs> and he was saying that it was unacceptable. We need to get back. And that there's... It wasn't an accusation, but kind of a suggestion that certain players are either thinking they're too good, thinking we've already won games, or just on the arsed. Uh, is he talking about reimbursing me for my 20-minute journey? <laughs> I was about to say, you can't complain at all. I had a nightmare. There was an accident. The bypass and the journey took even longer. It was a joke, man. Oh, dear. Um, look, I, I think this is. I think this has been proved for a little while. When you've heard Lauren Shanklin come out and talk about mentality, Robert Stoddgast come out and talk about, again, accountability, mentality, responsibility. George Grant did it in that George interview. Grant... This and again, this isn't a Nielsen thing because this has been much like our struggles away from home. This has been a long burning issue, but actions speak louder than words. I'm sick. Like, what do you we, mean, Nielsen? We, physically if saying we were that. as good as we talk, we'd be uh, the Gorgi Galacticos. We would be. We'd win everything. We'd piss absolutely everything if we corrected it next week. When next week never comes and it's never been corrected, we're just we're made to look like total total fannies. What do you make of Nielsen actually saying that though? Like not even just kind of doing that thing that managers do where it's like, it's oh, we'll come back and do it. Oh, no. he actually said, "There's no point in saying what I'm going to do. We need to actually do it." That I liked, but it's the, it's a bit of the same old spiel. I mean, he was talking about fighting. I mean, did he did he actually watch the game on Saturday? If that's, that's what he said though. He was like, there was no fight. Yeah, right. So then, come out and show it. I, do you know what? I'm in. I'm in two. I'm in two minds about the gaffer, just the same as I'm in two minds as to if we'll finish third or not. I look at the fixtures left. The Tyne Castle games could, could, see us finish third. They could prove the difference, especially if it's is, if well, then, Livingston got, get into the top I've got six. It front we'll of me here. A, yeah. So if the split goes as it should, albeit we'd have Celtic at home, we'd have Aberdeen at home, we'd have Hibs at home, which are two massive games, yeah. albeit we'd have to go to Paisley because we've got St Mirren at Tynecastle this coming weekend, mm-hmm. and we'd also have Livingston in Gorgie again. No, you've not yeah. included Rangers. And that's Rangers at Ibrox, in... I've thrown that away because Robbie, like a record against Rangers, McIver, yeah. there's so no it's point one bringing of, that up. It's so, one of St Mirren or Livingston. Yeah, well, it'd be St Mirren away or Livingston at home. So or want... Livingston at home. Yeah. 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 So we As want a... Livy. We want Livy. Correct. <laughs> yeah, basically. So um, th- this is it. Consign... Start consigning St Mirren on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And it's looking good. Who have Livy got? Failure to do so. I'll find it. I'd be patting my pants. I'll have a little look for you now. Uh, they're away to Motherwell. Oh, they're going to get beat. Kettle ball could be in full flow. Yeah. Um, so. I love how you just skipped over the around the grounds as well. I thought about saying that right at the start. Oh, who cares, man? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big who gives fan. A I shit? Mean, I, I, to be honest, Motherwell did us a favour. Motherwell Hibbs was funny because David Marshall was amazing. It's, oh, brilliant. But, can I just say, I'm going to come out and say this now. Oh, God. Scottish FA and SPFL. I want Aberdeen done for match fixing. You're not telling me that Andy Considine, who spent 15 years <laughs> at Aberdeen, just unintentionally gets sent off after six minutes and hands them a 1-0 win. To be a Did you see the goal? Yeah, I did. <laughs> what? That, yeah, that's Callum Davidson, I'm telling you. Neil Doncaster must <laughs> condemn. That is, a, that is match fixing at its finest. That is a joke. <laughs> honestly so, the SPFL and the, the SFA they're all ganging up they don't want us to finish third again I know it I'm on to you that is a joke I'd be remiss not to ask you your thoughts of the publicity stunt that happened outside the new stand over the last couple of days um, and a fair few messages actually asking if it was me as if I'm going to waste my I'm not surprised going all the I'm way not surprised <laughs> Um, if it had been me I'd have made it all caps or all lower case oh fucking hell like, yeah oh, oh. <sighs> um, <laughs> look do you know what it is right 
not everybody agrees with everyone in life. That's that's the deal and end all. <laughs> this I, podcast is evident of that. The epitome of that. <laughs> but sometimes folk just step over the line. That's that is it's just counterproductive, isn't it? it? I, look, if you're gonna spray something, spray it somewhere else. Don't like the whole the fact that it was on the badge. Don't do that. I like, think it was. Um, I wouldn't I even was... have minded as much. I know this is a terrible thing to say. I wouldn't have minded as much if it was elsewhere on the plaza, just not on the badge. <laughs> yeah, not the badge. Anywhere um, but the badge. I saw Hearts though say this on Twitter. I was like, that is spot on. It's like, regardless of the message behind it and all that, but it's like we are the most dramatic fan base oh. in the world, man. Heart, it's it's hard. Hearts are just a soap opera, aren't we? Like, yeah. <laughs> honestly. A soap opera club, both on and off the park. It's right. remarkable. As you mentioned, we've got St Mirren this weekend on Saturday. <laughs> Whilst we've been going into this dire run, and they've all been fucking away from home. I know you. I think say. we'll win. I think oh, we'll win. I, know Saturday. You're gonna... <laughs> I don't know if this. I think we'll win. I don't, don't know if I think we'll win. This. What I'm, my point is. St Mirren have a rank record at Tynecastle. No, it was more just we are unbeaten at Tynecastle outside the old firm for 15 months now. 31 out of 33 this season, as you correctly alluded to. Like, one, I know that has to end at some point, so it would be very us for it to end. Against St Mirren of all people. Yeah, Curtis Main rattling. Tony Watt. Tony Watt. I forgot. But, we are a different... It's so frustrating, but we're a very different side at Tynecastle. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, Hearts turn 150 next year. How in 150 years has nobody caught on to this? How has nobody got to the bottom of this? It may this... come up in the quiz. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I've no. just remembered, though, as we're saying all this, Xander Clark isn't he fit? So I take it all back. Tony Watt's got a point to prove. Oh, God, actually. It's a 3-0 battering again! <laughs> Mark right. O'Hara's on fire. We'll concede a daft penalty. Yeah. He'll tuck it Has away. He, sco- he scored like four and three four or something. Four and three, yeah. yeah. Aye. Um, Not looking what forward, is the yeah. team that you would play? Oofed. Can di- Imagine Clark is out. So Stewart's in goals. Stewart in goals. And goal. either, either Stone or McFarlane's on the bench. It's got to be Cochrane left back. Mm-hmm. I'd keep Rolls in Civic. Right back depends. I feel like Michael Smith's got that experience to sort of take the crowd criticism that will inevitably come on his shoulders, as opposed to Nathaniel Atkinson, who appears again low on confidence. Do you want to chuck him in that environment? Probably not. So the only change I'd make to the back four would be Cochrane in place of Kingsley. Yep. I'd agree. So far, we're exactly the same. In midfield, Devlin's not going to be back, is he? I was just about to say, I have no idea if Devlin's fit or not. Act as if he is. If Devlin's available. Do you know what? If Devlin's fit, I'd change it all up. I'd go Devlin and Halliday in front of the back four. Interesting. I'd have Grant at number 10. And I would have Ginelli on the right, Forrest on the left, Shankland up front. I... But... I would... Again. But we don't know what's happening with Devlin. Don't, we don't, don't know what's happening. If I was Andy Halliday, I'd be fuming, can I just say, given this, some of the performances in midfield in recent weeks. He massively fell off an order. But he's had a very good, generally, but season. Do you think drastically as, as drastically as some of the no. others? No, no, no. Not for um, I'm going to act as if Devlin's fit. Okay. I'd play either Devlin and Keogh or Devlin and Howardy. I think either of them would be like, fine. I just don't think Snodgrass... Snodgrass will play, by the way. Oh, Snodgrass will. will absolutely play. Yeah, of but will. I don't want him to. And I'd play Humphreys in the 10. Oofed. And use him as a sticking point and have Shanklin to play... We're going at the FM. Off the shoulder. Have, have Shanklin play as like an advanced forward. Okay. So just Humphreys wins flick-ons... And just and have, yeah, have, make Shanklin it stick. just runs it. Yeah, because that was that was another thing. I couldn't believe Humphreys came on and played at right wing. 
<laughs> his first thing was great in fairness he beat whoever was at left back and put a ball in was it, it was like, oh, yeah. it was something like Killy's average centre half size is 6 foot 3 like maybe put our unit up front and harry them that was that was my biggest frustration in the first half as much as Shankland was expected to do absolutely everything on his own how many times were they absolutely all over him yeah. like Jake like yeah. And I'm not talking like manhandling. Yeah. Not even just that right was, up his arse, just that, generally like arms on top and yeah. all that. That was the other frustrating thing from a fan perspective where people around me were shouting, Stop passing it with the back, send it long. And it's like, To who? Yeah, it's like, bread and butter for their centre half. Yeah. <laughs> we need to keep the ball on the deck. Um, so, yeah, but I will say that if your team plays, I'd be equally as happy as my team playing. Go on then, who, you had Devlin and Halliday and whoever, and then oh, sorry, Humphreys and the two Forrest, Gino, Shankland. So the only changes I would make is two with you, where you'd have Grant and Halliday, I'd potentially have Halliday or Keo and then Humphreys. But if it was that team, I'd be more than fine with that. But that's not, that's not what he's going to It's play. not going to happen, it's not going to happen. It's not grass will play, I think Mikhail will come back in despite being shit when oh. he came on. Like, <laughs> useless. Yeah. Uh, score prediction Jesus oh god <laughs> they'll score yeah and it'll be toxic do we score more than one goal a, oh, a record against St. Manon at Tynecastle is good though oh yeah I'm going to try and put a positive spin back on things and say 2-1 hearts I was going to say me predi- uh, predicting draws has stopped working so I'm going to stop doing that and I was also going to say 2-1 us and yeah I was going to go one each <laughs> well <laughs> draw theme. no with positivity we're both yeah. going 2-1 do not fucking lose exactly exactly and then we'll finish this up with a quiz so there's no losing in this podcast I'm not the least bit arsed. I'm a lot calmer than I thought I'd be. I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm content with the episode. I don't, I don't care. Well, I'm a lot calmer than I thought I'd be. I, I, you know, it's a good, a good hour's worth of therapy. I don't really care about the quiz, if I'm honest, but let's do it. Well, it's happening. 100,000 people are waiting to see if you can get there. So for, me to, for me to invariably get it wrong on the, on the 50-50... So, last time out, you got 0 out of 5. Shocker. <laughs> Let's see if you can improve. And we're starting with the 50-50. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Get off on the wrong note. So, on Saturday against Kilmarnock, Alex Cochran made his 70th appearance for Hearts. True or false? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a very specific number and I feel like that would be true that you've got but if something tells you if I go true it'll be false so I'm going to go false it's off to a great start it's one for one it is false, false. Yes. yes come on it, it was his 80th appearance for Hearts wow really and uh, just as a, a wee thing two, Cochrane, one, one in a bit seasons wow this season Cochrane has played 40 games for Hearts. Bloody hell. That includes appearances off the bench, yeah. but he was also suspended for some and hurt. Jesus. What a so guy. I, I've seen some people say Cochrane's really fallen off, and it's like, yeah, because it's his second season in men's <laughs> football, and he's had second to play season syndrome, 40 games. And he's still in here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. So, yes. one for one. Come on. Now, apologies if this question's come up before I couldn't remember right okay what was the aggregate scoreline against St Mirren last season oh god we played them four times we went did we win all four we, we did them. win all four yeah, I'll give beat, you that we beat them 2-0 in Paisley we beat them 2-0 at Tynecastle we beat them 2-1 in Paisley why can I not think of the other game? Is this an all comps? Because we also played them in the cup. 
it's all comps. Fucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was hoping you'd forget about that game generally. Oh no, right enough, because we'd have only played them three times in the yeah. week. Yeah, right. Yeah. So two nil, two nil is four nil. Two well one is six one. And then four two, ten three hearts. He's two for two. Yeah, it's ten three on. hearts. Whew. Right. Question number three. We've alluded to our bad away form. Yeah. In this podcast. So here's an interesting question for you. Since our 2005-06 cup winning team, Jesus. on average, how many away games do we win a season? Is this not a multiple choice? No. Oh, God. I'm putting one of the horrible questions oh. in that you do for me. God, that's stinking. Can I get, like, within <laughs> one? I will give you it within one either way. Can't be many, if any. Jesus. So what is it? You play, like, on average, let's... 16 away games? Well, let... right. Well, this is where the split's stupid, because... It should yeah, be 19 no. and 19, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, but it's not. Do you know what? I've got the figure in my head. I'm just going to go with it. I'll say five, an ambitious five. He's got it spot on. Is that it's right? It's five. Really? Yes. Wow. It's, I'm, well, I'm very it's proud four, of myself there. It's 4.9. So you round oh, up yeah. to five. Oh, yeah. So yeah, five, we are average. We're average. We're five. And that's that is good enough, is it? That's also with... That's Burley's team contributing to that. That is two championship season contributing so, to that as well. Jesus. God. So yeah. We must have had some horrific premiership campaigns in that. There, there, were, there was quite a few when it was two and three. <laughs> there was quite yeah. a few of them. And Jesus. then finally the questions. Can he make it four for four in the questions? I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be very pleased. But it's no biggie. Multiple choice. Now I'll be honest. This one's just to get in a wee dig at you. <laughs> It's not like you. What is Robbie Nielsen's win percentage since returning to Hearts in his second spell? Is it A, 48%? B, 49.6%? C, 50.4%? Or D, 51.3%? Now this is just the second spell. This is just his second spell. His first spell, if you're interested, 58%. What's he hell? I loved his first spell. I've got no plans for his first spell. <laughs> it's just the second spell. So, 48, 49.6, 50.4, 51.3. I could be the, the Hertz da and do the whole 51.3 thing, but 50.4, I feel like that's... don't know why it's popping out of me. I'll go with that. You're going to see 50.4. He's got all four questions oh, right. come on. I'll also right. say this. I need, I need this, to adopt this mindset when taking the quiz in. Yeah, exactly. Just, just don't, don't give care. a shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that 50.4, since we've been alive, is the third best Hearts win percentage manager behind, number one, George Burley, who, do you really count it in the same <laughs> thing? Because he had yeah, a don't. 75% win ratio. And number two is Robbie Nielsen in his first spell with oh, 58.4 nice. so since we've been alive Nielsen is basically number one and two in win percentages yes yeah, because Burley what happened happened yeah so you're four for four and nice. we're into the who am I come on can you get your first ever five for five no I'll find a way I believe in you somehow I believe in you right come on Adam so, get the thinking cap on I have played for 14 clubs but never my country. Jesus. I have won a major cup competition in my homeland. Okay. I only made 15 appearances for Hearts across two seasons. According to his manager at the time, he was a fucking terrifying man. <laughs> the club I made the most appearances for is known for cultivating one of the greatest strikers of the modern game. Who am I? Ooh. I've got this man's Wikipedia up. I want to know who the greatest striker is, but I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> In my homeland. That's just very specific. Do I just go for the nationality straight away? 
think I might. Are you going for it? Yeah, why not? His nationality is Polish. Polish. Some sausage rolls. Who have we had that's Polish and played for the Hertz? Oh, God. 14 clubs? Yes. So there's no point even like reeling all these off. Because <laughs> <laughs> they've been here all night. Oh, God. Yeah, that clue was I've played for 14 clubs but never for my country. So never for Poland. Oofed. I'll be very impressed if you get this. Do you know what I've got in my head? It's not my answer, but who I've got mm -hmm. in my head is somebody like Christian Novak. Don't give me that face. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's still but he's still playing. The way that you worded that makes it seem like he's retired, but you could just be doing this. Is that your question? No, 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 hold on. They just ask for the years. Well, put it this way: if I ask for the years and you give me within Robbie's first spelling terms, <laughs> I'm gonna go Christian Novak. If you don't, then I'm fucked, and we'll just go with that. So yeah, let's go for the years. He featured for Hearts between 2009 and 2011. Bollocks! <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that's not where Christian Novak played oh, for us. God. 2009 and 2011 yep that screams Shaba is Adrian Morowiec Polish seems like he it. knows he's he's the only one that I can really think of other than that yeah I said I don't care about the quiz Adrian Morowiec final answer you're correct that Adrian Morowiec is Polish Oh, but he is no. not the polling oh, question. Damn. Who is the polling question? The polling question is David Kuchareski. We'd never have got that. Now, <laughs> We'd never have got for, that. For YouTube viewers, I'm going to hold up a picture of this man. I genuinely I can't even remember what he looks like. I would suggest Googling him. Was it Kucharski or Kucharski? How do you say it? Kucharski, sorry. Kucharski. Look, that's a scary looking man. Jesus. So, I'll explain all the quotes. I wouldn't have got that. I've played for 14 clubs, but never my country. He just played for a bunch of Polish sides and us, but never played for uh, Poland. I, I won a major um, cup competition. He won the Polish Cup uh, when he was He's at. He's still playing. He's 38. Yeah, yeah, he is still playing, yeah. Uh, when he was at Lech Poznan, which is the club that Lewandowski. Came through ah, okay. and did very well before getting his move to Dortmund. Uh, I only made 15 appearances for Hearts across two seasons. Uh, he didn't feature at all in his second season. He made yeah. 15 appearances in the I first should, season. Yeah, I should have listened to that clue because Morovic would have played more than 14 times. Yeah. So that was a silly And then, <laughs> according to his manager at the time, he was a fucking terrifying man. Was it Shaba? You were right with Shaba, but he got sacked in January. Ah, so was so, it JJ? JJ came in uh, and yeah. described him as a fucking terrifying man. <laughs> I love Jim Jeffries. What yeah. a guy. So yeah. David ah. Kuchowski. Oh, that's that's a kick in the nads, but I, hey. I, wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have got that. Hey, that's four out yeah. of five. Yeah. That's an improvement. We take that. Very respectable. And again, well, I didn't go as mental as I thought I would. I'm hey. so impressed yeah. with you. I've done well. So impressed. I've, 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 kept, I've kept it cool, I've refrained it. But rest assured, we don't beat the Submarine. Oh. <laughs> it's going to, oh. The gap's going to be, there's holes oh. in that wall when we come in next time. <laughs> Just going to see a massive tunnel that I'll dug through the next door. You have got your bed sheet out, you oh. out on the line. <laughs> Pyro just going off in the background exactly. here. Everything. Oh, your marker God. pens to paint out on the plaza, right on the badge this them, time. Scribbled on my forehead, Nielsen <laughs> out, just sat there, all depressed. Well, hopefully... We're actually delighted next time. That that when, would be nice. That would be good. But we hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. As I said at the start of this, a hundred thousand of you have listened to this. That's mental and terrifying. We really do appreciate it. And really if you want to make sure life. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> what he's doing, man. If you want other people 
to listen to us, then please do share this podcast about if you've enjoyed it, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave a like, comment, and subscribe as well. You can get us on all forms of podcast platforms as well, so anything. Uh, on social media, we're at Perth to Paisley on all forms of platforms. Then we've got an email, Paisley at gmail.com, where you can fire us over anything you want there. Adam, where can they get you on social media? Uh, you can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. Fire us whoever you want to come on as well. I know that it might be boring with us too every week. We've obviously had Richard Cobb on. Anybody but him suggested would be, would be great. <laughs> so, yeah, any any guests that you want to see us uh, have on, then feel free to, uh, to hit us up. What about yourself, mate? I am at dmcaver 22 We'll be back next week to hopefully discuss a lovely win at Towncastle against St Mirren, a Xander Clark injury update, and anything else that happens in the week. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on,